listening to Let the Money Talk podcast, a podcast where our Philip Capital's experts deconstruct world-class tactics, tools, and routines for managing your finances. I'm Rashawn, your host for Money Never Sleeps. Stay tuned for our experts' top tips. Hello, and welcome back to Let the Money Talk. I'm Roshan Gidwani, the presenter for Pitch Media. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the five steps to achieve financial freedom for those that are self-employed and for those who are freelancers. Joining us is a very special guest, Miss Ferlin Mock, an associate manager at Philip Capital, and she's going to tell us more. Hi, Berlin. How are you? Hi. Hi, Roshan. Thanks for having me on the program. I'm doing great. Yeah, so before I begin, uh, I'd like to uh, highlight that my sharing is purely my own personal opinion and should not be construed as professional financial consultation advice. Thanks for clarifying, Ferlin. So I'm very interested to know, before we jump into the five steps, how is financial planning for the self-employed and freelancers different from everyone else, Ferlin? Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike individuals who are employed by a company and receive a fixed salary, the self-employed and those who are freelancers are their own bosses. This means they don't conform with a corporate structure nor enjoy employee benefits that come with regular employment, such as CPF contribution, company medical benefits, and workman compensation insurance coverage. Their income drastically reduces when they are unable to work unlike salaried individuals who continue to receive a fixed monthly pay even when they are on medical leave. So with these unique challenges in mind, when structuring a financial plan for self-employed and freelancers, it is important to consider uh, their fluctuating income, the need for short-term liquidity, and the fact that any insurance plan they get is likely to be the only one they can fall back on. Right. They must take into account these different aspects when starting to plan for financial freedom. They are their own bosses. They don't conform to a corporate structure, just like you Mm -hmm. said, and they have to consider fluctuating income as well. What are the key steps to structure a comprehensive financial plan for the self-employed and freelancers? Berlin? Mm -hmm. Oh, structuring a comprehensive financial plan is as easy as one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. So step one is to know your cash flow. The most uh, commonly faced challenge for the self-employed is their fluctuating income as their work could be project-based or seasonal. Therefore, it's very important to have an accurate picture of the average income and work out the cash flow from there. Taking an average of six months to one year of their income is a reasonable time frame. That will form the basis of their monthly income. And step two, start off with protection insurance first. In order of priority, hospitalization and surgical insurance, followed by personal accident insurance, and finally, income replacement insurance, or what we know as life insurance. And step three will be to contribute to the CPF ordinary account and special account. Uh, Although contribution to CPF ordinary account and special account are not compulsory for the self-employed and freelancers, this is highly encouraged. It is very tempting to reinvest your revenue back into your business. But you should also remember, you are your most important employee of your business. So remember to pay yourself first. And that brings me to step four. 
and that is to set aside a regular amount of savings, either into an endowment plan or investment, depending on your capacity for risk. And finally, step five, the self-employed have a unique asset that most don't possess, and that is their business. If business is doing well, you should consider making a business succession plan to retain and receive the most value out of your business. Brilliant. There you have it. Five steps for the self-employed and freelancers to achieve financial freedom. Ferlin, you mentioned the concept of paying yourself first, right? Aside from reinvesting the profit of your business back into the business, how does that work? Can you elaborate on that, please? Sure. Uh, as a self-employed person myself, I understand the pitfall that comes with the freedom of not contributing to the CPF ordinary account and special account. Self-employed people tend to avoid having their money locked in. This liquidity serves as a safety net for them to fall back on when business is slow and cash flow falls short. However, having too much cash in hand often leads to unnecessary splurging. Whereas a failed business venture can easily wipe out a lifetime worth of savings. This is why it's important to make a sum contribution to CPF monthly. This helps to stash away and build up a retirement fund that grows over time. Eventually, this money will go to the CPF life scheme and form your lifelong monthly income. From the personal income tax perspective, voluntary CPF contributions can potentially qualify for personal income tax relief. And for young business owners and freelancers, this contribution will also help them to save up towards the down payment of their first property. Fantastic points for Lynn. That's how they can pay themselves first. The down payment for a property, absolutely important. Also creating a retirement fund, once again, very important. And for those who are self-employed and freelancers, they should keep track of unnecessary splurging because of excess cash in hand. Yes. Control your spending. 